All right, welcome everybody to another episode of We Have a Microphone, and I'm proud to report that we do, in fact, have a microphone. Still, so show goes it's on. It's not gone missing. <laughs> nope. Uh, yeah. No, no robbers yet. Um, I'm Hampton. I'm Michael. And we, we have a microphone. Yeah, we we have a micro. I like to repeat that a lot because I feel like people sometimes get confused. Mm. Um, we don't actually have a guest this week because you know. We don't really know a lot of people. Yeah. We're kind of lonely. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We just thought we'd have fun. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, see? Yeah. So much fun. <laughs> That's, you can feel the energy sparkling across the the internet. Yeah. And you're just, every audience member out there is thinking, you know, I am so glad I'm taking the time to listen to this piece of shit. Yeah. Um, you know what helps with wh- the energy? What? A cocktail. <gasps> a cocktail? All right, so this is the portion of the show, in case you haven't tuned in before, where Michael makes us a cocktail. Um, This only happens on show nights. Um, I swear. Um, And uh, he doesn't tell me what he's going to make beforehand, uh, so I have to drink it. But it's usually delicious. So, yeah, we're uh, coming to you live. Uh, Well, some people are listening live uh, right now on Mixler. And... uh, yeah, so we're in San Francisco where it's recently been raining. Yes. We have exciting things Very to talk exciting. about. Yeah. It was like the whole city flipped out all at once uh, about Sorry. the rain. And, okay, look, we live in a city, right? Not having rain doesn't really affect us directly. Like, I don't have crops that I'm staring at or something, right? Like, we're an apartment building. It's xenoscaped. I guess there's slightly more filth on the ground in the city. But, like, beyond that, like, it's not a day-to-day reality. Except for one thing, uh, I now feel really guilty when I take a bath. So, uh, like, I, I feel like I'm the worst of humanity. That basically I'm hoping that this drought ends just so I can take baths without feeling guilty. Because, um, like, what do you do? Like, I don't know. I We work from home, so I kind of work together, right? We have our desks, like, five feet apart or something. Uh, and it's a one-bedroom, so there's not a ton of room. And, you know, when you work and live in the same place... Like, it's, sometimes that transition is an important part. Like, okay, I'm not working anymore. Um, well, I don't know. Actually, people say that's important. I'm not I'm not certain yeah. that it is that important. I don't know. I feel like it is. Uh, well, whatever. I'm going to go with what everyone says and say that it is. But I always feel that, like, taking a bath is a nice, like, bookmark to the end of the day. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, when you work from home, you're like, all right, I worked my ass off. I coded all day. Like, we built six new features, we're getting ready to launch it, I had a phone call with our customer, and then you're like, now I get to win at life and take a bath, because it's lovely. I bring my iPad into the bath, but now that it's not raining, or sorry, now that it's been a drought, it's just like, oh, every time I take a bath is like strangling a kitten. Um, I'm not saying I don't still take baths, I'm just saying I feel more guilty about it. Um... Because that was one of the nice parts about living here, is that it's always rainy. Um, yeah, sorry for not talking about an interesting subject, but this is the part where Michael's making the cocktail. So, I just have to think of something to talk about. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're working on a bunch of random shit these days. Uh, like, we have a conference coming up. We're putting on a conference in Atlanta. Yep. So that's fun, putting on a conference on the other side of the country. It's always exciting. It, like, adds whole new layers of mystery mm-hmm. and stress to your life but it's cool working with like people actually put on conferences so uh 
it'll be good. Um, ooh, this looks good. The cocktail is red. It's, it's, we, I mean, it's, it's themed. It's, the, it's a themed cocktail? It is a themed cocktail. Um, well, that's exciting. That is. Whoa, I just dropped something. And everyone jumped all at once. <laughs> um, so what, what is... Well. Oh, sorry, he's, he's pausing it. Everyone just wait. Let's just sorry. have quiet time. Oh, I see. Is that, uh... Creme de Cassis. Creme de Cassis is going. Ooh, that's exciting. Um, well, I think so. One of the topics I don't know if this one of the things we talked about talking about because uh, you have to talk about things that you might talk about uh, is space. Does this have anything to do with that? Yes. Ooh. It does. Um, it is themed around space. Uh, All right, so we have a space-based cocktail. Okay, here it comes. Here it comes. Take a photo. Um, I do, so I'll take a photo and tweet it. But uh, this is called a uh, Ruby Rocket, and um, it is vodka, triple sec, blood orange soda, and a little bit of creme de cassis uh, kind of floated on top, and it falls down and creates like a little. Well, it's at the bottom. The creme de cassis. Is anyway, the it fell down a little bit more than I than I wanted, but. Well, it looks like the bottom of a rocket. Yeah, there's red coming out. If you're if you're an inventive child, maybe. <laughs> um, I'll take a photo. Okay, yeah, let's, everyone wait. Um, so cheers. Cheers to rockets and shit. To rockets. Hmm. Um, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Kind that, of. that is way too drinkable. I know. It's very, is there any booze in this? There is. Um, I know. A lot or a little? There's a lot. Oh wow. Yeah. I'm gonna get fucked up. <laughs> um, that's why there's an explicit tag on this. Um, yeah, so rocket. So today was supposed to be uh, we're we're pre-recording the show for people who are listening to it. So whatever. Yeah. I don't care. The powers of media, right? But today was supposed to be a SpaceX launch, and uh, I'm kind of a nerd about this. Um, which, like, I I actually put in the calendar any space launches that are streamed online. Uh, including I stayed up like a couple weeks ago for a routine launch of like a, what was it a United Lift or whatever what are they called UA United Launch Alliance yeah there you go um, whatever like Boeing and whatever Lockheed's launch it's nothing exciting it's like a standard rocket they always use there's nothing like I think it was just like a satellite that wasn't I think it was a CIA satellite or something kind of boring well because I can't tell you what it does they're like Oh yeah, we're putting up a satellite. Mm. It's something we can't talk about. And you're yeah. like, all right, well, great story. That was really weird. So we did a, a NASA tour uh, a few weeks back in uh, Cape Canaveral. And it was super weird that one of the buildings was just... The guy was like, yep, this is one of the CIA's... Was it CIA? I don't yeah. know. This is a CIA building. We can't really ask what goes on in there, but they you know, send stuff up every once in a while. Wait, what is that? So, Look this up. It's the... Uh, I think it's actually the Air Force. Oh, really? But they do the work for the CIA. It had a weird name as well. It was called like the Frog, or I don't know. I, mean, I could be just making that one up. It's, it's probably not called the Frog. It's it's the X thirty seven. He sure doesn't have a nickname. Uh, or no? Okay, never mind. I'm I'm just I'm just totally making stuff up. Yeah. No. A- anyway. Uh. Yeah, we went on a tour of NASA, which was pretty fun, I guess. 
Uh, Hampton loved it. Uh, I was surprised at the mix of people. I thought it was just going to be, you know, mid-30s, neckbeard guys with, you know, girlfriends. But <laughs> there were... There was, there was like, uh, like a middle-aged, well, middle-aged couple. Um, you know, I think this was their big vacation, and they were asking us to take photos of them outside all the things, and they had super fancy cameras and a ton of international people doing mm-hmm. this. And this was like a, you know, you had to book this tour in advance. This wasn't just the regular NASA tour. It was like a yeah, yeah, special like, they booked one. Yeah. So it was like... Well, I mean, you can just do it online. Okay. Right, I know. I know. It's not like... That it's it's the extra but... 20 bucks, and they take you further. Hmm. I guess I just didn't expect it to be such a wide range of um, uh, nerds. You know, nerds. Well, it's and like then... it's it's on the way. Like you can basically, and this is what we did. We were in Orlando for a week, and you can go to to Kennedy Space Center by if you're driving up I ninety five, you can just like veer off for like an hour, something like that, mm-hmm. like round trip. So like if you're driving from Orlando from the north, so a lot of like, I guess more people fly into Orlando these days than drive, but yeah. there's still a lot of like families who are just driving through yeah like and you know it's an extra hour and you get to go see like where the right. Apollo missions everything off yeah, yeah yeah it's cool oh yeah so the name of the thing by the way is the uh x-37b and this was the secret plane i just double checked it uh, okay so it is the u.s air force has a mini space shuttle it's an unmanned vehicle so there's no astronauts that we know of Mm. On it. I don't know. But nobody knows what's in it. There's photos of it. It looks like a weird little space shuttle. It lands itself, which is crazy, by the way. And so, yeah, they have one of the old space shuttle hangars. And it's, like, mm. right there. And they have, like, on it, like, the name of the project, even though it's not official that it I even think exists. I think you just saying it lands itself makes me think there's, there's an alien or something in that <laughs> actually landed. That's it. obviously the most logical. Right. As a scientist... As a scientist, I come, or what is it, Occam's Razor, draws me to the simplest conclusion. But I think it's crazy that most people don't know that there is a secret, auto- like, we're like, oh, drones that can fly themselves, that's so the future. We have fucking space shuttles that can land themselves? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, and nobody knows what the, uh, like, what it does, basically. That's pretty right. exciting. I'm sure in, <coughs> what, 50 years when they decommission this stuff? <laughs> well, I know, and it, it goes up for a long time. Oh, yeah. Like six months or something. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So it's definitely, oh, it's part of the National Reconnaissance Office. So, hint, hint, I wonder what it's doing. Oh, uh, yeah, like, yeah. I think they're flying up cameras, and they can, like, a regular satellite, you can't, like, reposition so it's like very much. in Homeland, where they have all the tracking, where Saul is, and where, where Carrie is. It's actually this. I think it's Patriot Games, by the way. But oh, that's your go-to. Yeah, for like for rockets spying on people. It was a satellite. Yeah. Well, right. Well, so right, the right. so okay. So there's an operational. So yes, the U.S. has you know satellites that can look at the Earth, right? But they circle the Earth, and so they're always mm-hmm. moving, right? So one of the problems when you launch a satellite that's supposed to be up there for ten years. You don't put a lot of fuel on it. It doesn't have a big gas tank, right? Right. Like, you only do minor readjustments while it's up there. So, basically, if you want to look over... Like, you can permanently position one in geosynchronous orbit. Mm -hmm. So, which is, by the way, really far out. Um, Yeah, it's It's like one of the furthest out, but it just kind of, like, hangs there. It's kind of barely not flying away is basically what geosynchronous requires. Um, And then, yeah, so the... If you get one going faster it kind of sweeps the land yeah 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 and uh you obviously can only really look they mostly do that because you can only look down like if you look at an angle the atmosphere messes up the view 
So you maybe only have a couple hours a day using a like moving satellite or maybe even less where it's looking at a particular area. Yeah. Um, that's why they get like daily reports and the yeah. CIA they always check stuff. Uh, so I th- I'm pretty sure this new space shuttle is like they it ha- it goes up with fuel and it lands every six months. So they are able to like oh, to like change its orbit really fast, like within a couple mm. hours or something. So that if they wanted to do um, Cause, sorry, with the fixed position ones, people are pretty sure that they, you basically okay. Let's say you are like, hey, we want to kill Osama bin Laden, and we want to have satellite coverage, right? Yeah. Like we just right. That'd I've be seen Zero Dog Thirty. Exactly. We want to have satellite. Well, they're using well now UAVs help because hmm. they can just circle. Um, but if you did want to have satellite coverage and really didn't want to fly a drone, like you you have to schedule the time that you do the operation mm-hmm. to match when the satellite's ahead. So you, you like it? It throws off stuff. So I think that's what they're doing with this mm. project. Is because mm-hmm. now you can be like, oh, three p.m. in the afternoon. Give us a couple days. We'll get it in position. Yeah, um, I see. Anyhow. and it's so funny that like they can't. This is like an open, closed secret. You know, right, right. Like you right. can't admit that this. Yeah, they're probably gonna shut down this podcast because I just. Mm. I don't actually know anything. I mean, this is this will turn into this the, is speculation. The Lone Gunman or whatever that X Files spinoff that no one watched was called. Isn't that what they did? Is that was that? Is there an X Files spinoff? <gasps> you didn't know this? No. Oh, okay. So, so Better Call Saul, which um, is <laughs> premiering, you know, premiering. Well, but I don't know when this is airing, so whatever. Should be starting soon. Um, is Media not Vince man. Gilligan's first spinoff because I think he had he had a heavy hand in the Lone Gunman, which was. I mean, so is it about those nerds? Yeah, the nerds. I remember hearing they were going to do... Because they had a couple of crossover episodes, which are really obvious going back and looking through the whole of the X-Files. Mm. There's, like, standalone episodes, once for the Weeks, with the Lone Gunman. There's, like, the... I can't remember his name. His name's, like, Frohickey. Frohickey! With the glasses, and then there's the guy with the long hair, and then there's the guy with the shirt and tie. So, we've been rewatching some of the X-Files. Yes. Which... We have it different is opinions. Not on. as good as I remember it. I st- I think it holds up. Wait, we're still only on like season. We're just starting season two. Yeah. So I know it gets good, or I re- at least when I first watched it, I remember it getting good around season four, season five. It's just I think I thought of it as that show that really, uh, and I, I think it's true relatively that took American television to a whole other level. I really think it's one of those shows yeah. that just pushed things. Like it definitely, it's did. single camera. It was like. A good drama. It yep. was like very creative. Like, isn't Monster of the Week from X Files? I I believe like the term Monster of the Week came from X Files and no. I, th- I mean, Twilight Zone would have had that. I mean, no, no, that- no. But I think like like so so you have no because you need a distinction, right? So Twilight Zone, every episode is the same. X Files, you have arc episodes, myth arc, I think they called them, and then you have Monster of the Week episodes. So you need a distinction in X Files. So for people who haven't watched X-Files, there's usually an overarching um, theme to the series, to the season, sorry. And then you'll have certain episodes where it's just, you know, you battle a monster over that hour, and then you're done, and you never talk about it again. So, hmm. wait, is this... So is this there, I mean, I, I can't find anything about... No, no, uh... Oh, the term, uh, Monster of the Week, was actually coined by the writing staff of The Outer Limits in 1963. Three, mm. which sought to distinguish itself from its biggest competitor, the Twilight Zone, by promising a new monster every episode. This was a uh, marketing term that Outer Limits wow. was going for. 
So I, I, so the earliest show I'd heard a use word was X Files, and then obviously Buffy uses that a lot. Um, and then I, f- I find myself even using it with, um, say, Lost or a procedural show or you know damages maybe. Well, I don't know. So apparently there's variations on this term. So villains of the week is forty four hundred, The Flash, mm. Smallville, uh, yeah. And then mystery of the week is what they say on like detective and crime solving shows. So there's always okay. a murder. So it's mystery of the week. Um, yeah, interesting. I find yeah. that a very interesting term because I feel I, th- I think we both agree that the monster of the week for X Files um, are definitely stronger than the arc. Um, Hampton's got a smile on his face. I have a so smile. I Sorry, I was I was looking at tvtropes.org, which is by far one of my favorite websites. Oh, you can get lost. <laughs> it's Snopes and TV Tropes. They yeah, rhyme. Yeah. Uh, those two you can get into. So ch- check out tvtropes.com uh, or .org, sorry, actually, um, for all your trope goodness. Yeah. So I was looking at this Monster of the Week article to, to check it out, right? And um, it said uh, often uh, related to Monster Munch. <gasps> not, I'm guessing not that Monster Munch. Well, I, I mean, it is a reference. So, Monster Munch, for the list of others who are not British, is a popular British snack. Like, crunchy, vinegar-flavored. I mean, what's the closest in the U.S.? There's nothing. Nothing? Well, it's like a Frito, and then it's, like, deep-fried and, like, expanded with air kind of thing. Yeah, it's super light. I think Fritos are pretty dense. Mm. It has, like, crackling consistency. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's like the cheap kind of crackling. Or Chicharrones. Um, no, like that consistency, nice. yeah, but it's like vinegar flavored, and they're stamped no, no. into like monster. Right. Claws. So also you have the different flavors of crisps or chips, which we get in the UK that aren't available in the US. So there's a roast beef, yeah. and pickled onion oh, are the yeah. two main yeah. ones. And I love pickled onion uh, flavored monster munch. Um, so I get these shipped in, by the way, um, yeah, from my mother one. and from Amazon. No, from Am- your mom hasn't sent any yet. No, well. She did a while back. I'll ask her to bring some. Wait, clearly. Oh, I should take a picture. Well, and we should eat some. Well, oh. I know it's bad for the audio, everyone. But... I know, I know. It's so... Well, I'm just going to have one. Okay. Uh, open her. I, I feel like I need now, to. I'm going to take That it. is good, compelling radio right there. I know. Um, So, uh, back to TV tropes. Monster Munch. <clears throat> Sorry. Monster Munch is in my mouth now. Uh, Monster Munch is a character that is only there to be killed uh, by the monster. So Ooh. it's like uh, a victim who's clearly walking down a like shadowy street uh. is Monster Munch. Supernatural often starts with Monster Munch. Yep. And so does X-Files. So That's true. Actually, we just watched an episode of Fringe last night with definitely Monster Munch. There's yeah. the golden-hearted sex worker who's talking to a guy and then I think she explodes with pregnancy or something. Um yeah, that's another show we've been trying to. Well, that's so. After watching some X Files, I'm like, well, I guess, like, like t- uh, uh, Netflix is convinced that we're gonna like Fringe. Mm-hmm. Oh, but I sorry, I didn't continue my st- my thoughts on on X Files. Oh, okay. You'll have you'll have your chance. I feel like X Files is not. I you know, as a kid, it was definitely the show that was one of the some of the smartest, most sophisticated television. Yeah. And uh, I think now that I watch it. Um, it's it compared to other shows that are out now like i would say it is possibly less sophisticated than supernatural <gasps> now people don't know supernatural is 
two handsome brothers who fight demons. It's been on for like nine episodes or nine seasons. Sorry, uh, if you've you maybe never heard of it, but it keeps viewers like me watching because um, I, I hope they can fight demons and whatever. Um, no, but but uh, like I think it's it's times past, right? So Supernatural mm. is a cheesy cheesy show, right? Sure. It is just like I don't know some overarching plot. I mean, it's very much X Files. There's uh, usually a monster of the week. Sure. Uh, and I mean, then, but I think it's equal in sophistication. But Supernatural is very tongue in cheek. It's very much look. We know this is a show. Like, and the X Files isn't. No, I feel the like X Files takes itself oh, seriously. Oh, oh. For the for the time, and especially later on, which the Supernatural is now in season nine, so yeah. or ten even. So I think for the time, and there are some episodes of the X Files for the time, sure. But rewatching, no, 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 saying... no. we're on season two. Like as you go on in the seasons, it gets so tongue in cheek. There's the one where Mulder and Scully go undercover as, like, a married couple in suburbia, and there's a golem or something made out of trash. I don't remember. But, there, and there's one where they, they're making a TV show. Wait, wait, wait. So you're trying to convince me the sophistication of a show No, they make a I'm saying you can't... It, it is super sophisticated, for one. And... <laughs> but it's not! No, but but it's it's a TV show by which other TV shows are measured against. And Absolutely, and for some good reasons. Right, but it is not. It is not what I thought it was. Sure, I mean you you grow and you develop as a person, but like I I, I don't know Shakespeare is still pretty freaking good. And right, and sorry, so I was thinking of also the other classic TV show from the early nineties, Twin Peaks. We've been watching Twin that. Twin Peaks holds up like hell. Yes. That is amazing. So that is still absolutely hands down. That is a classic. Right. I don't. I think X Files is a classic in its effect. I don't know if, like, I don't think like if we had a kid, I don't know if I'd be like, let's sit down and watch all the X Files. Really? I feel like, hmm. no, it's I... not different enough. There's a lot of shows like it now. I think it's kind of in line. It did create a genre, so that's or at least revived one, I guess. Hmm. Um, but I don't think it's like. No. I mean, the plots are pretty simple. The characters are very simple. No. No, 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 no. Oh, heck Sorry, yes. the more the more we watch this show, I f- so I feel like I've done it a disservice as well because I tend to, on Netflix, point out episodes I want to watch because I remember them, and I'll say, oh, no, no, this one's really good. And so I don't think we followed it linearly. I think the more we watch it, I feel like the characters are so well-rounded. And I, th- I really do think that... Especially but around. The, you four, think five, the six. writing's good? I think the writing is really, really good. Like, there are, t- there are okay, there are moments of with any show written by multiple writers like weirdness, but I feel like it's a really solidly written show. Yeah, you would disagree on that. Mm. More than supernatural. Supernatural is more formulaic, so the interaction and that means bad writing. Sure. Sorry, I, I'm not saying I would elect it the award for best writing or yeah. anything like that, right? Um, sir, sorry, <laughs> let me be clear on that. I feel like there's a, like, uh, for instance, one of the episodes started with Mulder was in a town with no explanation, directly investigating what was a non-mysterious death. Uh, the previous episode just ended regular with him yeah. in, like, FBI land. And then he just showing up and investigating a completely not suspicious death. Well, that's the kind now, of guy Mulder is. He, okay, so He's just I a renegade. I get it. For the story, it did turn out to be... Exactly. 
Uh, Mulder knows. Mulder knows he just knows. by. But he's got a he's got a sense. So I feel like it would have. I, I don't need like a huge long nine hour explanation of how he got assigned there. Yeah. But look, some writer wrote them a story and it just involved Mulder being there. Right. And there was no background and the head writers did not require this to fit yeah. into anything. And it doesn't even fit the formula of the show. Like, sorry. And I just think that that there is something better that it could have been, even for the time, where some yeah. of that stuff could have just been more clear. Their yeah. relationship to the FBI, especially in season... Sorry, this is I know, super, I know. Especially in season two is all over the place. And yeah, I just think... a little bit. Well, Michael, this podcast is about us talking about what we like. <laughs> If that's true, if if you don't want to listen and you don't like us, then sorry. you know it's so sorry that we're probably not friends. But I believe that our two listeners out there, one of them, which I think is my tab open, <laughs> maybe, um, that you know they're interesting. Well, that I don't know. I think I think we I think just talking about what we love. I mean, that's what I want to talk about. You know, so so I love the X Files. If nobody if nobody wants to listen, they don't um, need to listen. Also, I feel like you know you have a moment where you can pinpoint a childhood fear, mm-hmm. and definitely watching X Files. So my dad watched the X Files with me, and I can only assume I was way too young to be watching the X Files because the episode I can think of is in season one, and it's like the fourth episode. Let's and just be, like, let's just be clear. You were, like, one years old when this was first. No, 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 no. It premiered in, like, 92, 93. So how old were you? Five. So I was five or six. Right. And so I, you're, like, right. upgrading. Well, I didn't. I married, I married No, 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 I must have been six. I must have been six if it was 93 and it was, like... No, I, I might have been even seven if it was 93 and it was the autumn. Anyway. Um, no, there's one episode. It's called The Squeeze and it's... Mm. The, the guy who like it was 93 but September 93. 93 so I could have been 7 and I was I guess I was sitting on the sofa and um, this guy can like squeeze through air vents and stuff and comes wait so in you through... watched it when it was still contemporary they were new episodes ish these were new yeah like your dad was watching yeah, them. oh yeah 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 oh okay sure. sorry I thought I figured this was him like he bought the DVD set no I bought the DVD set <laughs> afterwards because I didn't watch all of them obviously um no, but I definitely remember this. So the squeeze. That's the one where the guy goes through the vents, right? Yeah, he can go through the vents, and he, he like, unscrews, like, in your bathroom. And I remember being so freaked out in bathrooms with vents that were, like, screwable. Because this guy, I think his name is Tombs, can... <laughs> yeah, I know. This, seriously, this is, like, pinpointing a childhood fit. Like, can come through and fucking eat your liver, because I think that's what he wanted for some reason. I don't know why. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I just want to take a step back about the plot of this. Oh, come on. He had, like, a mutation. A genetic mutation no, or something. fair enough. You have a mutation, your bones can elongate or something or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. They right. dissolve. Or but he flex. needs his liver. He needs livers to do this. Okay, yeah. No. Yes. Hold, okay. on, hold on. We're on. Oh, okay. I'm on with this. Okay. He, sorry, the, we saw a fringe episode, so he needed a pituitary gland. This is actually this is a trope. I don't know what the name of that trope is, but you but can look this up on TV. Eating people's body parts to for stop some sort a... of issue. I like this trope. Wait, wait. There's the sorry. It, it comes like from the bathe in blood to stay young. There's oh, that's true. like the like uh, I'll take a serum from a young person. Yeah, those are very common. No, and, I, I think they work is... wonders. 
from from me, like personally. <laughs> okay, no, you're you're avoiding the issue. <laughs> I, I'm derailing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Needs to eat livers to survive. Um, I guess human livers. Obviously. Right. Right. I Duh. Mean, who would want a pig liver? Mm. When you try that first, just throw it out there. Um, he's he's not a rational guy. This this creature. Oh, he's crazy. Well, no, he's he's very animalistic. Hmm. If I remember correctly from this episode, I feel like they do have meat. Is a great episode of a guy who's um, it's all from the monsters. Perspective. Oh my god, I could talk. Okay, about all right, all right, hold on, hold on. We're Sorry, still to carry the on, guy. Carry all right, on. okay. So I'm gonna be the person. I'm gonna work through okay. this. I need liver, yeah. human liver, human, human liver. liver. So what I'm gonna do is unscrew the cover of a grate oh, yeah. and then sneak in that way. Yeah. You you take what like you you use your skills to an advantage. So that is the moving 200 pounds through an air duct is the sneakiest way into somebody's place cuz I think like okay, he he maybe could go through a letterbox. But Oh, oh, that's okay. a doggy door? It's true. Much you simpler. No, no. I'm just saying, uh, the bump locks. I don't know what that means. It's pretty much every lock now is uh, completely, like, there's this really simple method to open the door. Like, it's But then you have hard. to learn pick locking or... Lock picking. That's... <laughs> so, yes, you'd have to learn how to pick a lock. Right. Or you could deform your body and squeeze through. Wait, 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 that's his skill he has. That's just, like, one of these things he can do. So you're saying he's, like, his friend's, like, you should try lockpicking if you need to go murder. Right. And then he's just, like, no, I'm pretty good at squeezing. Yeah. And plus, like, if someone goes into a bathroom and is there for, like, half an hour, you're just, like, okay, whatever. Okay, so I'm, like, in this air vent. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, like, coming through a bathroom vent. Yeah. So there's like 150 pounds. Um, And I'm like in the vent. uh, I'm on a diet, I promise. And like, I, as I slip back through, like when you're in that, okay, here's my point. When you're in that vent, you're in a very, uh, first of all, it's hard to get in there. It's suspicious as you go in. Yeah. It'll freak everyone out. Maybe. Um, Like, uh, you're incredibly stuck. Like, if they discover you, a broom handle, and you are done. I guess. Yeah, this is not, like, a position of power is to be stuck in somebody's <laughs> air vent. Yeah, and, that's true. So I'm just saying maybe, like, uh, picking a lock or doing what every serial killer does. Uh, mm, maybe. Like, be a clown or something. But that's, like, I don't know. that's not a cool story. Well, the clown story would be pretty I know, cool. I'm not saying I'm, I'm If not you're saying... a clown, oh my god. Okay, I'm going to write a new episode for whatever show is on right now. You're a clown and you need to eat livers. No, Fringe finished. Supernatural's still on because that show is absurd and it's still going. But yeah. Um, So anyway, I think The X-Files is pretty amazing. Uh, Hampton is less convinced. Um, Wait, what were we talking about? We were talking about rockets. That's what we're going to, I guess. Um, We're pretty quickly abandoning the whole idea of topics. I know. We just get distracted very, very quickly. Um, yeah, but I think too many topics kind of boring. Uh, nah, I guess. All right, rockets are fun. 
I get really excited about SpaceX. I'm trying to think of maybe it's... Are there any good sci-fi TV shows, like space-based ones? No, there's, there's very like little that. space. We should rewatch Battlestar. We tried watching... Oh, what was that alien one with Noah Wiley, the handsome doctor from ER, but he's not oh, handsome. Oh, yeah, that one's still on. Yeah. That's still on. In ba- No. That's one of those, like, shows... I. <clears throat> it's like startups. There's, like, 1% of startups end up being worth a billion dollars or less. Point one, um, and then like eight percent stay on the air yeah. slash are still open, and they're just kind of zombies. They get like viewers. Yeah, they're not the big they're hit. Trapped. But oh, so okay, another pro- another sci-fi show we can talk about and have arguments about because I think both of us are uh, passionate about this, or at least I think this is a discussion that i would like other people to weigh in on as well oh, um i don't want to hear that so the shit. show is continuum so i don't know if anyone's watched this it's a pretty uh, yeah. solidly written yeah. sci-fi show she's not just randomly investigating a murder for no good reason i'm gonna ignore that comment um i take my jabs right can. yeah that's marriage <laughs> i know sorry that was terrible um i shouldn't make those jokes uh yeah. Right. You know what I'll You'll get the hose again. Oh, no. <laughs> the hose again. That's terrible. Um, no, anyway, so there's this show called Continuum, and it's pretty good in a lot of respects. So it's basically the premise is uh, in the future in Vancouver, which I love the fact that they're just like unashamedly, no, this is in Vancouver. Because every show's, every American show is filmed in Vancouver. Yeah. British people do not know this fact. No. Even America, wait, do uh, Americans I think know this fact? Some do. Okay. Canadians definitely know. Yeah, Canadians know every show. Anyway, so so you'll see, like, X-Files, classic example, shot in Vancouver. Um, That's why you never see desert episodes in (laughs) any of these procedurals. No, anyway, so... True. So Continuum is unabashedly in Vancouver. It's the Vancouver PD, VPD, sort of thing. I don't know. Um, And she works for that... no, there's something weird with like her working for the US or something, right? Oh, she claimed she works for the US. Oh, right, and that's why... Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, but she, like, comes back in time through some accident and blah, blah, blah. She has to foil these terrorism attacks. And we got about halfway through season two. My main problem was that in the future, it's, like, anti-capitalist people who... Oh, sorry. So the, there's no government in the future in Vancouver. It's just capitalism. And all the corporations run the government, and that's awesome. And these anti-capitalists are like they're blowing up buildings which i know is wrong but she has to go back to stop these capitalists from like um no sorry she has to go back to stop these anti-capitalists from like killing some capitalist or something i don't know anyway i feel like the premise is so flawed in every week it's like i need to stop these anti-capitalists or like yay capitalism that i really can't enjoy the show um well they're anarchists yeah. Wait, wait, you don't know if they're right or wrong. The whole question right. of this show... I, I don't know there. if it's been so explicit. She's definitely it. on the side of corporations. Right. Because she was from the future where she worked for the corporations. Yes. But they're these people who she refers to as terrorists who... Uh, wait, their goals are pretty much we shouldn't let the corporations run our government. Right, which is a sympathetic statement to make to an American audience. 
I guess this is where I come into a bunch of problems at once because yeah. I'm a European, so I have the you know belief that all Americans are like, hey, I love corporations and they should run our government. Um, no, no, but but what happened in the future is there is no more democracy. There is no more personal freedom. Everyone's in debt to corporations that own everything. But everyone's happy. The constitution there. is gone. It's not like it's not a dystopian future that she comes back from. Not She's an obviously dystopian future. Obvious, right? Okay. So I was waiting for a season for them to maybe rec- not rectify, but like, you know, play with this or say maybe she'll have doubts. Nothing has changed in a season and a half, actually. No, they, they, like, they stick to the act. She's dealing with various actions. Mm-hmm. Like, right. somebody's about to pull up a building. She's trying to stop it. Yeah. Uh, like somebody new from the future came in. She's yeah. trying to deal with it. Um, <clears throat> like... I mean, I just, I still think they're just holding off. From where we are, by the way. There yeah. might be people listening to this who are, who like, are like, oh, we're so far we've been on season, right like, right. And seasons, so, and right? So, I don't know, I, I guess, maybe. Um, so, like, there may be a ton of seasons in the future, and it, like, resolves this or whatever. Maybe. Okay. I have to interrupt here. We don't, I usually don't respond to people who are listening live. Because it's weird when you're listening to a podcast. That's true. And somebody's, you know. However. However. I mean, so we, we this particular episode, I like, we only announced 10 minutes before we mm-hmm. started. Like, because we just decided to record this episode. <laughs> right. Because, right. you know, whatever. We didn't have a guest. Fuck it. Um, our one listener who apparently is able to get on the air within uh, 10 minutes is Justin McGann, uh, our yeah. good friend who may or may not be dead. No, he's... Uh, I. So you should all follow, is Justin alive? Um, what what do you mean? Is there a Twitter account there that is, will tell me whether or not Justin McGann is alive account. or dead? So he is in Cusco, in Peru, I believe, and uh, everyone's worried that he was going to go there and die. Well, yeah, that's it. When your friends like, like we worked together at uh, our last company at, at MoveWeb, and uh, uh, Justin's like, "All right, well, I'm leaving now, and I'm going to Peru to backpack alone, yeah. and I don't speak Spanish, and I've never been to South America, and I'll be there for six months." And so, obviously, the first thing you have to say is, "Well, it was nice knowing you. You're a great guy." <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Well. Will totally donate to your scholarship. That yeah, that's true. Will eventually. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. UCSF. Anyhow, so apparently Justin is our one live listener. So, uh, hello Peru. Um, that was our statement. And when Justin gets back, he'll oh, be our guest. Sorry, not hello Peru, but hola Peru. So I've been I've been doing in Duolingo. Uh, if you didn't know that, that meant hello Peru in Spanish. Um, so. So, uh, so thanks, Justin, for listening. A guy in Peru. Who yeah. Know. Um, yeah. So, uh, what were we talking about? Rockets. Rockets. This whole topic um, is a stupid idea. I know it is. Yeah, we should just ignore the topic mostly. I feel like it's a good starting off point to eventually end up only talking about X Files. Hmm. Oh my god, we should do an X Files podcast because no one else is watching X Files right now, and it was only on during the nineties when I don't think they had podcasts. So yeah, we should we should just do that. Anyway, um, all right. But introducing our new podcast, mm-hmm. the we... Catlin Files, no. the 
gay files? No. Where we analyze the uh, homoerotic oh. subtext oh. of every episode. Yeah, I don't know if there's that much. Nah, it's not like Top Gun. No. Or Supernatural. <laughs> um, well, I've got a random topic to bring up, which I'll continue on uh, Justin since he's listening. Um, it's been, So Justin is a writer. Uh, he decided to be uh, an English major and become a writer, and he's been working in the tech industry. And uh, it's been really hilarious, because uh, as Michael and I have been working on our <coughs> kind of dictionary startup, um, we just keep being like, yeah, you know, like, hiring English majors is so cheap. Like, you know, we could just hire Justin for, like, nothing. Um, so it's the, uh, Justin, uh, you get to be the guy that we bring up uh, about how cheap it is to hire people who get English degrees. It's terrible. It is terrible, but it's true, and I think we should all just deal with it face-to-face. <laughs> Look, Justin can be a programmer in, like, ten minutes. He likes being a writer. It's true. Um, but it's really horrible when you talk about, like, like, whenever I've had to hire creative people, hiring a graphic designer is fairly expensive. Mm-hmm. Then it's like, oh, I need to get some stuff written. Yeah, whatever. I mean, I got 50 bucks. You're awful. Am I awful? Yeah. It, it, Justin says it's true. Ah. Justin, say that in Spanish in the <laughs> chat room and then we'll <laughs> um, um. Yeah, so if you're an aspiring writer out there who's looking for freelance work, uh, we have not a lot of money because we're not funded. Right. So you should you should email us and let us know, and we will underpay you for your work. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry, we'll pay quote unquote market value yeah, for your true. work. That's true. Um, yeah. So we have like nine. We've covered where? Where do we even go back to? I don't know. Uh, TV, sci-fi TV shows, rockets, and TV. This is what my ADHD just shows. I know. I know. Um, I feel like I could talk about rockets some more. Maybe I don't know. What could TV. you talk? Do you? I feel uh, like I'm always wait. I'm always the one who's into rockets, and you're yeah. like I can basically say so when the the, the shuttle goes up, um, there there is a orange bit and two white bits, and the orange bit falls off first, and then the two white bits fall off, and that's how a rocket takes off. That's wrong. Oh, is it the other way around? Do the white ones fall off first? Oh, I can't even talk about that. Oh man. Do you know what? The, well, first of all, the shuttle doesn't launch anymore. Well, that's so true. So that's all done. Rest in peace. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, oh. Yeah. Okay, where are we? Yeah. Mm. I have to drink to that. Okay, sorry. So, uh, yeah. I can name the shuttles, maybe. There was like... There was like a Columbia and a Challenger. Those two, those two didn't go well. And then there was the Discovery and Endeavor. Wait, they both had a lot of successful missions, especially the Columbia. Okay. So I wanted Just to know... And I wonder if this is a reason. So, so if I remember correctly, there's like A through E. So it's like Atlantis, but, but without B. I never understood why there wasn't a B shuttle. Does this make sense? So there's Atlantis, Challenger, Columbia, Discovery, and Endeavor. Why did they skip B and do two Cs? Does no one else think about this? <laughs> I'm getting a crazy... Was Atlantis the first one? No! Okay, so they, so they didn't... I don't like, think that this system that But then you... what how did they just like coincidentally have A through E? Yeah. Without B and two C's? I I don't know. Also, another fun fact, I know that Endeavor is spelt with a U at the end. Uh or well, penultimately. Um because it's named after 
the Darwin ship. Mm-hmm. Is that the Endeavor? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rather than actually being called, named like yep. about Endeavor. So it's actually got the British spelling, despite being an American shuttle. I still think it's weird there's no B. I'm Sorry. just saying. Just saying. They shouldn't be the Beagle. I think this is another one of those conspiracies that I could write about online. You know, the, that would have been Marco Polo's ship, right? Or something. Endeavor. Right, the Beagle was the Darwin one. What's the Endeavor? Oh, was it was... Nelson? No. No. Wait, Marco Polo. I don't think... Well, why would Marco Polo name his ship Endeavor? It's well, a British they, word. They endeavor not to die. No, but that, it would be like Endeviori or whatever the Italian is. He was Italian. Oh. Right? Yeah. I think it was maybe no, no. I think it was it was it was Nelson. No, no, it wasn't. That I don't know. Makes sense. Okay, okay. Anyhow. we're just failing totally at knowing. Um, we'll put the answer in the show notes. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. So wait, we're we're so the I'm going to correct you on the white bits fall off and the orange bits fall off. Okay. Do you know what the white bits are called? No. Do you know what they're made out of? They're recyclable. No, wait, the orange one's recyclable. I know one, some of, some bit of it is recyclable, and then the, the other one is disposable. Okay. And yes. one of them is, I don't know. Okay, so the white ones are what are called solid rocket boosters. So they're made up of solid explosives. So there's no liquid inside them. They're basically like black powder. You can think of them oh, like okay. a traditional firework. But, is it, it's, but it's powdered. What? But it's, No, it's a it's... solid. Okay. So how do you burn through it? Do you melt it It starts first? at the bottom and just burns through like oh. a candle. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So the white ones are... And they're the initial kind of lift. Yeah, yeah. The engines on the shuttle... So they wanted to be able to reuse the engines, right? Because that's yes. the most expensive part. Right. Solid boosters are fairly cheap to make. The engine is basically a hole. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> they right. they can't you ignite it. And then... Yeah, they can't do what's called uh, vectoring, which is like aiming. Yeah, they can't turn. So they just like light it, and it's a bottle rocket. It just goes straight up. Um, so not that sophisticated. Uh, but liquid fuel engines are extremely expensive. So what they did was the engines are actually the liquid fuel engines are on the shuttle themselves. Uh, okay. There's no engines on the bottom of the orange thing. The orange uh, thing is okay. just a fuel tank for of liquid, the shuttle. Of liquid fuel. Of liquid fuel for those shuttle engines. Uh. So when they when they land the space shuttle, like like the human habitat wasn't the most expensive part. It was the engines is what they were bringing back that was expensive. <laughs> you don't want to like jettison engines way up high and have them burn up because they're super complicated. Um, so they build these engines, and so basically when the shuttle's attached to the big orange thing, through that, all the stuff in that engine, that huge, sorry, fuel tank, sorry, all that, I mean, it's huge, it's the biggest yeah, thing, right? Yeah, yeah. It flows through that little connector. Huh. Um, and so, so as, is there any fuel, there must be some fuel on the shuttle itself. Mm-mm. Well, not a lot. Right, but, but like, enough to, you know push them around when they get up there uh, i have to i don't think they really those main they're called the main engines uh, yeah they didn't really use them uh for like much once you're up there okay. like they're meant for they're lifters i mean they're meant to get you into space like they're not very efficient for um so i mean i don't i there might be a, a little sorry i'm not I don't know. I mean, I'm not I, quite the expert I, on this. I but definitely don't know. I don't think they fire up the main engines to even. So basically, the way you uh, to get into space, right? You gotta mm-hmm. 
go up. Yes. First of all. Yes. So the solid Aesthetic. boosters are... Um, actually, the best way you can think about this, I think, is the solid boosters, mm-hmm. their job is to get just the orange thing up. Yeah. Or most of it. Okay. That's it. Yeah. They want to get it more than halfway up. So you just kind of like cross those guys out. They got the orange thing halfway up. The engines on the shuttle are supposed to get the shuttle up. And they're just using the fuel that was lifted by those other ones. So it's like I'm hitched onto something, and you can kind of break it down that way. But they're meant to do a lot of lifting to get the, it's called the second stage. Hmm. Like, they start at the beginning and then, or did, because there's no more shuttle. I know. It's a beautiful system. It worked really well. So it was just NASA funding was cut? Is that why they? No, I mean, they were supposed to retire them originally in 2005 Uh, or something like that. Um, so and they, they kept coming. running. Yeah, they kept running them much longer than they had originally. Actually, I think they were supposed to. The original plan was only into the nineties, wow. and then they kind of decided. Well, they kept replacing parts, mm-hmm. um, and like the fact that we only lost two shuttles was yeah. pretty extraordinary. Yeah. To be honest, um, there's actually a great uh, Richard Feynman paper. <laughs> Oh yeah, going to get super nerdy. Challenger one, right? Yeah. So when the Challenger blew up, they took the great uh, physicist, one of my personal heroes. I know Michael has mixed feelings about him, but uh, Richard Feynman, and uh, they like they thought, hey, we need a celebrity on the thing. Um, I mean, I think that's totally why they did it, because because people would respect if Richard Feynman agreed. Basically, Uh, you know, he's like the Einstein. uh, Well, I mean, yeah, sorry. But he's a like, you know, he's on the big think different posters for all the Apple nerds out there. That's the, the physicist <laughs> with the chalkboard behind him. Um, so Feynman wrote an addendum to the overall Challenger report, hmm. where he basically said uh, NASA administrators keep saying that the chance of failure is one out of one hundred thousand chances, or something like. That's how they engineer, so that the chances of failure are only one out of one hundred thousand launches might have an issue. He basically just, I mean, it's a, if you're a super nerdy, which if you made it this far, you must be, uh, <laughs> I recommend reading it because, yeah. uh, it is, um, uh, it's like he, he eviscerates their math. Mm. Um, cause he says, well, when you go talk to an engineer, somebody who does the gimbal, which is like the aimer on the sh- shuttle engines. And you're like, what do you think the failure rate is? They're like, ah. Uh, one out of a thousand. Um, and then the, you work on the person who does the fuel pump. And they're like, oh, it's one out of a thousand. And he's like, okay, well, so you got to take these two numbers. And if we combine them, it's one out of 500 times that this engine will fail. Yeah. Like, these numbers don't get better the more things you have that might fail. So he's basically just like, the reliability numbers were bullshit. But he kind of also makes the point that we don't really have any other choice. I mean, if you want to go to space like and have complicated machines you're going to have a failure rate. Yeah. Like, that is... Yeah. Uh, and he talks about how the the astronauts were very well aware of the engineering perspective. Oh, yeah. Like, they didn't... You know, they, you tell yourself, it's one out of 100,000, or one out of 100... Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. Like, obviously, you want to calm yourself down if you're going into space. But that they were all engineers and knew that, you know... You know, obviously, the reliability for each part... There was thousands and thousands and thousands of parts... Mm-hmm. Uh, were much better than one out of a hundred because if that had been true, uh, we'd have right. a lot more accidents yeah, yeah, than we had. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, and 
Uh, it's also good just, I think, so we do software, and it's really interesting about uh, people's opinions of it. if it worked 10 times, you assume it's solid, <laughs> basically. Yeah. That there's this real, like, yeah. human problem with how we analyze risk. Yeah. The first test, get, test, you're like, it'll probably fail. Yeah. And then after 10, you're like, well, it's perfect. I mean, yeah. look, it worked every yeah. time. It's um, definitely funny. I guess, well, obviously, people's lives aren't on the line with software uh, as much as with uh, that's totally not true though yeah i guess in so many different ways i guess but for the software we do less so like sorry i was thinking about when i used to work in a biology lab and in biochemistry you know the, the you have to do things a few more than 10 times you know to get a what do they call it a reliable n you know for statistical significance and all that um so i feel like you know biology is maybe a step closer to being you know important to make sure that something is reliable before you and then obviously i mean I, someone's lives so directly wait, obviously i mean the last two years there's been a lot of software bugs that are uh i would, uh, yeah, I would say yeah. their impact while not particularly physically deadly was right that's true that's I mean, true that's very true actually devastating yeah um to a lot of people um yeah uh, uh by the way in our chat room justin points out that there was a berkeley uh, play a play app in Berkeley uh, about Feynman uh, that covered his report on the Challenger. Oh, interesting. So that's pretty interesting. Oh, yeah. uh, I I would not have thought as a playwright that I would have turned the essay I read by him into a. There's been a couple of like physicsy plays that I've been interested in seeing. I think there was one on like Howling and Einstein's meeting. I want to say maybe someone else, Burr and Howling Burr and Einstein. I don't know. Something about, Co I think the place called Copenhagen, and there was a famous meeting they had or something. Oh. No. Well, Feynman famously met with Einstein a bunch. Is there, he was working at Relativity. It was just a little bit before that. Interesting. As he was working on Relativity? Or maybe right after. Wait, Feynman's not that old, is he? Oh, no, maybe... Oh, I'm forgetting. Oh, yeah. it was, maybe it was the other guy from the... Uh, Who's the other guy from the Manhattan Project? Oh, was Oppenheimer? Main... No. no, he was the project lead. There was the main physicist. It was, was it? I feel like I should, no, I thought. Who did the tabletop, like, who did all the original particle accelerators and who did? Anyhow, blah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, we're super good physicists. I know, I know. You're a biologist, I'm a computer scientist. I feel like there's you're been a few things this episode where we've just been pretty See. ignorant. <laughs> See, you're an amateur computer scientist and I'm an amateur biologist, right. so we are just... If this topic was about biology or computer science, we would have been well covered. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, should we close with something about rockets as well? Because we've only got a little bit longer. Do you do you want to go to space? I just want to go to space. Okay. <laughs> Glad we cleared that up. Um, no, I just know it's... I don't know. I need to get richer. Oh, yeah. I need to get way richer. It's just not going to make sense for normal people to go to space, no. ever. Um, nope. We need to resource mining. It's the only thing that makes sense. Yeah. Colonizing other planets just isn't going to happen. Like, ever. You do the basic physics on this, and unless yeah. we build a worm... Like, it's really depressing if you're into Star Trek, because basically... Or whatever. It, it, it just... The math doesn't. Yeah. The amount of fuel you need and the amount of time is just not... Likely. Viable. Yeah. No, or, it's well, not viable. Effective, cost effective. Certainly not cost effective. Yeah. Uh, it is kind of sad. Yeah. 
I still think, well, eventually we have to go, but we'll probably need to figure more shit out. Anyhow, yeah, that's, that's my exciting. Uh, Elon Musk is my hero. That's the end of the episode. All right, yeah. well, we'll <laughs> be back here next week. Every Tuesday, we put out a new episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have any suggestions about the show, um, keep them to yourself. Yep, um, we don't want any we, input. We are never on Twitter, and we never read your comments. Nope. So just fuck off. <laughs>